Welcome to First Bite. I was about to say our, our midweek podcast, but for the first time in seven months, I get to say this is our preview podcast because we have Detroit Lions football in 48 hours preseason football, but football nonetheless. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the editor-in-chief at Pride of Detroit. Find me at Detroit Online. With me, as always, to help uh, with First Bite is our senior editor, at Pride of Detroit, at Ryan underscore math, at Ryan underscore P. I don't I keep getting that wrong lately. I'm sorry. At Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. It's Ryan Matthews. Hi. How's it going, buddy? Football. Yeah, it's not real football, but I guess it's something. That That's that's the energy you're going to bring to this podcast? It's the energy you bring to every other preseason sport, Jeremy. You're inconsistent, you hypocrite. <laughs> you like that energy better? Whoa, it's coming at me, man. Just because, just because I don't, I don't buy into the summer league. I'm sorry. It's cool. You don't like to see other people have fun. That's no. I'm not trying to stomp out anyone else's fun. Let's be clear here. Speaking of stomping out other people's fun, <laughs> wow. We have a third member for our uh, first bite podcast. You may recognize him as the adequate host of the POD cast. Uh, I guess the stomper out of fun, according to our, our co-host Ryan Matthews, you can find him at Chris Perfett on Twitter. Chris Perfett is here. When it comes to being a singular light at the end of your tunnel, <laughs> this, I'm the one this chain is not miles on. Wait, did you just remix? Yes. No leaf I want Clover a mashup. I want a mashup of Dilly Jean and No Leaf Clover. Someone can do that. I mean, listen. We have a, we have an era of we can era of do that. Maybe that's what we'll see on Friday night. Like, yeah. we, I I think they might be getting rid of the uh, Jack White slash Eminem slash Kid Rock slash Frankenstein's slash. monster of a horrible intro song. I think Figured it's no leaf clover moving songs. forward. Yeah, I think it's no leaf clover moving forward. <laughs> uh, I first uh, two notes. Number one, I am I I agree with Ryan. You stomp on other people's fun all the time, and then this no. is a real game for all of like ten minutes before you the pain will set in for you. And nope. B, I feel like I need a fancy editor title at this point. I think it's been way too long. Do I get to be multimedia editor? I I don't hate it. We'll see. Yeah. But maybe, <laughs> maybe don't don't lead in with a request with you stomp out fun. I didn't. I wasn't here to stomp out the fun. I'm. I'm here. I, I. I might be stomping out someone's anger later, over silly little numbers. But I'm not here to stomp out fun. I'm here to have fun. Well, I'm here then, to have fun. Let's have a little fun here. Uh, we're obviously going to preview the the preseason game here between the Lions and the Falcons during a normal week. Uh, game week, we would bring in a a Falcons beat writer, and it would have definitely been Michael Rothstein this week. But because we don't really care about the opponent, because the Lions don't really care about the opponent, you don't care much, about Mike. I, I care about Mike. I always care about Mike. So we're going to we're going to focus things mostly on the Detroit Lions and just kind of focus on what we want to see um because there isn't obviously any any real strategic matchups happening here. So let let's start with the offense. Let's in the first segment we'll tackle the offense, second segment we'll go defense. So I'll kick it to you Ryan first. Um just the biggest thing on offense you want to see uh on Friday night. Yeah, so some some things to keep in mind, right? Like Dan Campbell did say that he spoke to Arthur Smith and he, I believe the quote was maybe a quarter yep. for the starting units. Um, so maybe we get a quarter of play, which admittedly seems like quite a bit. Sure. Um, that's, a, that's a good chunk of uh, some snaps for the starting offense to get. So, um, and then the one other thing too, you know, hard knocks, right? Like Dan Campbell talked about like, Hey, we're, we're playing against ourselves leading up to this point, or it might've been in a press conference. It's all bleeding over, but like, it's this idea of like, 
as as you mentioned, they're not even game planning for Atlanta until like tomorrow, right? Like the That's day right. before. Yep. Like so, it, it it's really just like trying to figure out who they are, and I think part of figuring out who they are on offense is what is that offensive line going to look like? We've been waiting for years, it seems, um, quite literally. I mean, we didn't get to see it once last year, uh, fully intact with everybody healthy and everybody ready to rock. So I want to see that offensive line just push. I want to see that offensive line push. I want to see them come out and I want to see them be nasty and physical. And I, I want to see what that does for the rest of the offense. Like I want to see what happens when they're pushing guys four or five yards off the line of scrimmage. And you know, it's, it's chunks of yards, chunks of yards. And that that's what, I mean, Brandon Thorne would, would co-sign and he'd be excited about, <laughs> about my, uh, about my wants and, and needs and desires for the offense. But I'm interested to hear about what, what you have to say, Jeremy. Re- really quick on that. And, and then I'll, I'll get to you, Chris, because there, there's two things I think about the offensive line. One is, is like the run game. Like I want to see that the run game is actually there because during training camp, you don't get any of that. You don't really get a full running play. The closest thing we got were kind of those goal line drills that they had the other day, but between between the 20s, we haven't really seen any live reps. So I think that's really important. Part of me, though, is a little bit scared that we're not going to see the starting five together. Like we've, we've seen Taylor Decker kind of have on and off days. And so maybe they they play it safe with him. Frank Ragnow didn't practice today and we're not entirely sure why, but he told reporters he was fine. So I'm, I'm a little nervous. We're, we're still not going to get what we've been seeking for for months and months and months and months now. But uh but I'm with you. Like that's definitely a big part of I think what's to to get excited about on Friday if if it holds. I I'll Chris, be honest. This is Jeremy stomping yeah. out fun. This is what I, I mean. <laughs> well, I I might stomp out a little bit of fun here. Is that a I will be shocked if the starters play a full quarter. Utterly shocked if it's not just two. I mean, Dan maybe Dan runs a little different than most coaches, but I I would give like I I would set the over under at like one and a half uh, drives. Series. Yeah, uh, one and a half series for the offense. And yeah. even then that might be that, that actually yeah, one and a half that even then that might be high. I might have to go one straight, but uh, I gotta remember it's different now though. It's, it is it's only it is three different. games. It is. But at the same time, I also know from uh, that, I think, I think coaching staffs have all kind of identified it as like, they like, especially where the offense is concerned, they like the joint practices better because they can control the right. whistle at joint practice. And I think that's going to be, a lot more important than, you know, handing it over to officials who are still getting used to the season as well. Um, when it comes to the offensive line, I don't, I I'm actually more curious about the depth on the offensive line. If, if it's going to be anything, I'd rather see what we've got in Obina as Logan Stenberg. Like there's, there's several positions here where there's guys trying to make depth and look, I think the starting five will be the whole season, but if there are injury concerns, you want to know you've got someone lined up, ready to go right behind them. But, my main concern, I think, if I'm looking anywhere on the offense, is just I want to see. And again, this is going to be this is going to be probably hampered about how long the offense is out there. But I want to see more of DJ Shark. I've heard good things about him from camp in the scrimmage game, and I want to see him against there out there against a live a live defense. While Atlanta's got what passes for their first string defense on the field at some point, I want to see what what the Lions have with Shark. We know what Amon Ross St. Browns is. JMO is going to be playing. We've seen. Khalif Raymond, it's Shark's time to show us what he's got. Yeah, I think I think that's also a really good answer because, I mean, he's been dominating the last two weeks of training camp, and, and really so is Josh Reynolds. And it's gotten to a point where I think people are like, 
is this just a is this just the Lions' bad secondary? Like, yeah, is this that, is this is, that is the the always the problem, right? With right. training camp, it's like you're in a shallow pond playing yourself, right. and to do the Dan Campbells, you got to get out of the shallows and go into the deep end, into right. the into the abyss. Not that the Falcons are really much of an abyss; it's more like a shallow uh, coral reef or something. Yeah, it's the kiddie pool of of yeah. the NFL. But but yeah, I mean, just being able to prove it against competition, other competition. I think would go a long ways in building confidence that this isn't just the Lions beating up on a, a, a sketchy secondary in Detroit. If if they can do it against another team in live reps, that's that's going to go a long ways. Which and I think that also plays into Jared Goff, right? Or like Jared Goff has been getting rave reviews out of training camp, and rightfully so. I've seen it with my own eyes. Like the guy does not look like anything close to to where he was at this point last year, and so. Training camp is training camp. Can you do it in live reps? Can you do it against another team? Can you do it with pressure? Can you do it while you're potentially going to get hit? Because that's that's the one thing that I still come back and, and concern myself with a little bit is, can Jared Goff handle pressure? Because he's not a very mobile guy. We saw what happened last year when he tried to be a mobile guy. And if you look at his stats under pressure, they're one of the worst in, in the league. And so it's always been his Achilles heel, right? It's always absolutely. been his Achilles heel when he starts to feel pressure, when he doesn't have the protection, he starts to make mistakes. Yep. Uh, he's not always throwing it. His his panic move isn't to really throw it just blindly into coverage. Like, say, maybe that was Stafford's panic move. But Goff, Goff we, we've seen him when he gets sacked. He goes he goes back and he he tries to extend a play and he doesn't have the tools to extend a play. He trusts himself a little bit too much to try to uh, keep keep a play alive when yep. he's getting pressured. So it's it's the one thing that will derail Goff. Like, again, Goff is nice when things are going his way, but most but in the NFL, nothing goes your way. Uh, let, let's push a little bit further down the depth chart because I feel like we covered the starters pretty well there. Um, do we care about the backup quarterback position? I kind of do. I'm kind of rooting for Tim Boyle at this point. Why, why Tim Boyle? I think that the argument for Blau has always been he understands the system better, that he's more he's the he's the clipboard guy a little bit more. I would rather have that same mentality with someone who also has a unrefined arm. Yeah. Just just the simple just the simplicity of that. Like I think you can do both. I, I feel like we're getting into tropes and stereotypes a little bit as we argue Blau versus Boyle. So I'd like to see Boyle taking more reps with the second team offense. I think of the if the Lions are going to go down to two quarterbacks, I would like to see them give the nod to Boyle, who has more upside than Blau. Not not that I'm saying Boyle will eventually secede uh Jared Goff, but no, no one is saying that. <laughs> nobody's saying that, but he's only got five. He, this is his fifth season. And to be honest, like there's there's been crazier things that have happened, and you should at least keep keep that chip. In your deck, whereas when it comes to Blau, like we know his limitations and like, I don't know, I, I if Blau surpasses my expectations, that's fantastic, too. But uh, yeah, that's that's all I've really got for the quarterbacks. It's it's choose, I, choose your poison. I'm, I'm curious where, where you stand on this, Ryan, because it does feel like we're getting to a point where the Lions I, I don't want to say for sure, but, you know, I asked Dan Campbell this directly, like, what are the what's the value of keeping two versus three? And he said he basically said, well, like if the rest of our roster is getting good and it's between a third quarterback and like a really like a special teams dynamo or a guy on defense who might get some rotational play, like we're going to have to really think that one over. And so I kind of read that as like, yeah, there's probably only going to be two quarterbacks on this roster. Yeah, because, I mean, we've made the point and we belabor the point that last season it was three quarterbacks because of COVID. So right. without that, 
I want it to be Blau. And the reason why I want it to be Blau is I think that he is just the better, like stable presence. Um, we saw Tim Boyle last year. I, I know, I know who Tim Boyle is. I don't think that there's a, a lot to unearth about Tim Boyle. I don't think that there are a lot of stones to turn. I don't really view him as a guy who's going to like develop um, per se. And I think that I would just be more comfortable with a steadier. And I'm not saying that David Blau is anything to write home about, but I, I think that his presence and I think that if the lions have to call on either of those guys are screwed. So I guess I'll just take the guy who, who might be a little bit more um, useful as a utility man, you know, on, on, you know, game day leading up to game day and, and prepping and things like that in the quarterback room. It's funny. Cause I, I already can hear the cries of, of every like, you know, drunken fan from here to grand Rapids. Nobody should care who the backup quarterback is. You got to carry a backup quarterback and he's got to be ready. We're not saying we're not taking you back to the days of calling for Kellen no. Moore to start over Matthew Stafford, but Garrett, jo, excuse me, golf got hurt last year. You want someone for a contingency unless you're just, you don't want to just completely throw in the towel. So I am curious who that guy is that gives the Lions a chance to succeed should the worst happen. Tim Boyle, 0-3 in his career, in, in his three career starts. David Blau, starts. David Blau, 0-5. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Get get excited about that, folks. Uh, <laughs> the, the one position we haven't, actually, we haven't mentioned two positions, and I want to get to maybe the, the one that has the least amount of clarity right now, that's tight end. Um, yes. Is, is, yeah. is there one amongst the group that you're excited to see? On Friday, obviously, it's it's the first opportunity to see James Mitchell. Maybe, maybe there's some Devin Funches fans in in in, in this Zoom call that 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 are excited to see him. Or, or is there like maybe a dark horse candidate who you're like, I want to see more of him and see if 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 there's something there. I'll pitch this to Ryan because I'm sure I will just fun stomp all over Devin Funches. <laughs> I I think what I said at the top, right? Like I made the joke uh, tongue in cheek about the preseason, you know, not mattering and it not being real football there's some things that you can glean from it. Right. And I think one of those things is when the depth chart is so murky, like it is at tight end, especially with no Jason Cabinda. So I might, I might be taking a flyer. I might be saying something that's so inside baseball, but I want to see Garrett Griffin. I want to see Garrett Griffin and how big of a role he really plays. Like, are they, because here's the thing, it's nice to have Jason Cabinda insurance, but you don't need it, right? Like, I feel like that can just be phased out of an offense. Like, I don't think that they need somebody like Cabinda if they don't have Cabinda, right? So it's one of those things where if they are unsure of, you know, Cabinda's health moving forward, if Garrett Griffin's getting a lot of snaps, he's getting a lot of, you know, plays as that back, um, maybe even, you know, flexing out and, you know, stacking up next to a tight end like TJ Hawkinson. Uh, I I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by Garrett Griffin and uh, obviously James Mitchell. So I think that's, that's the obvious answer, but I think how many snaps Griffin gets will, will be kind of telling about where he sits. I'm curious about Shane Zilstra, just because I know when Dan Campbell, who was people don't remember played tight end in college in the NFL, he, one of the things when he was talking about, you know, tight ends that they're looking for on the roster besides just, passing he he mentioned zane's uh shane zilstra as that what was it a jack of all trades jeremy he kind of had a two-way player yeah Yeah. and that's not something i think any of us had really thought of zane zilstra i'm going to do that a lot i i I love zilstra doing that i want to i want to start this is i i it's the middle of the day here i'm hot i feel like back when we started pride of detroit podcast 
where I was calling him Nick Swanson instead of Travis Swanson. <laughs> I am excited. I am interested to see who J- Shane Zilstra is because that's some high praise coming from, again, a former tight end. And yeah. next to Brock Wright, who I know is very good and at blocking, next to TJ Hawkinson's, who I know can go and make some passes, and James Mitchell is probably a pass catcher as well. I'm curious who Zilstra is. I I want I I don't I can't say I've I've read a lot about him from camp, and I am curious if he gets any meaningful snaps in this game. I, I think he will, and he I'm I'm with you. That comment sticks in my head from Campbell because he's a converted wide receiver, and really all I've noticed in camp was his receiving capabilities. And so, the the, the I mean the greatest thing about having these training camp or I'm sorry these these preseason games is we get replay now. We get to rewind and see plays over again because we don't get that in training camp. So we don't get to see all the nitty gritty. And so him as a blocker, I'm just not that familiar with. But if, if Dame Campbell says the dude can block, well, I'm I'm excited to see if he can block. Um, last position what? that we didn't really touch on. Uh, you have one more thing really quick? No, just real quick. I had a thought just overall when it comes to yeah. the offense. And this is something I probably should have mentioned off the top when it comes to the offense is that independent of any position, I know that preseason football tends to be incredibly vanilla, very yeah. generic when it comes to it. As you said, they haven't even started game. They don't game plan specifically for the Falcons until the night uh, the night before. But this is our first chance to really see Ben Johnson's offense in a system. Sure. And it, it, it will be vanilla, but at the same time, we will immediately see, I think, some of the philosophy right away versus an Anthony Lynn system. So I think... That's if if nothing else for fans, if you don't care about the depth chart at all, if you don't care about backup quarterbacks or the third tight end, you should at least care. And especially if they play the starters out there, you should at least be concerned to see the balance of passing, of passing attack, rushing attack, what they're doing with the power run versus zone run, what they do with, you know, where they're going with with the routes. So I, I'm curious to see what this offense under Ben Johnson, now that he's had a full offseason to cook it up, is going to look like. Out of the and, and and maybe maybe most importantly, or at least the, the storyline that has plagued the offseason, which Dan Campbell refuses to answer, is play calling, right? Yes. If I'm not yeah, mistaken, yeah. Ben Johnson is going to is going to be doing the play calling in the preseason, but it feels like it's probably going to be a trial run. So um, I, I think what what really to pay attention to when it comes to play calling is those um, situational downs, the third and shorts, the third and longs, the fourth downs, the things like that. See how he does as a play caller there might be kind of interesting as, as kind of a subplot. If he is calling plays, right? If he is, I, I think yeah. the idea was that he was, because I remember when Ben Johnson was asked about it earlier in the off season, he's like, yeah, well maybe if I score 150 points in, in the, no, it was Dan Campbell who said that like, well, if Ben Johnson scores a hundred points, in the first preseason game, well, then maybe maybe I've made my decision. So I, I think we have to keep an eye to make sure it's going to be Ben Johnson. But if he is playing calling plays, that that is definitely something. We'll have to, to see if it sticks to be Ben Johnson, too, because one of the right. things that I mean, and this maybe we didn't criticize Dan Campbell enough of it when the offense was floundering, he did panic and kind of grab play calling duties himself. And I think that's some of the former player wanting to right. wanting yeah, this... to direct things himself sure. at that point. I mean, it was the right decision. But I'm if he has to do it again at some point, if the offense is struggling again, that's a it's not going to happen in the preseason, but it would be a sign of concern for me if it happened in in season. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we are going to preview the defense for the Lions week one preseason game against the Atlanta Falcons. So stick with us. We will be right back on first bite. 
Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back to First Bite. Here, previewing week one, or they might consider it week two, I don't know, the first Lions preseason game against the Atlanta Falcons, Friday night, 6 p.m., nationally televised on NFL Network. So everyone, including you, Chris, you West Coasters, you elite West Coasters, We'll be able to watch this one live. Uh, we talked about the offense. <laughs> Let's move into the defense uh, where I think maybe the major concerns on the roster rely. And there's so many questions, so many things to be eager to see. I don't really know where to start. So Ryan, you let off the offense. Let, let's give Chris the opportunity to lead off the defense. What I, I guess, where, where do you want to start? Who is the one player or one position where you're just like, this is where I'm going to be locked on. Hmm. I, I guess it all starts up front, right? Like I know there's probably a lot of concerns you guys are going to have for the secondary at the same time. This is probably going to be a test looking at uh, Marcus Mariota and uh, God, I can't, I'm, it's not Kenny P- um, Desmond Spence. Ritter, Desmond Ritter. I thank you. One of those, one of those names that was just getting lost in there. So I'm not going to be worried too much for the defense unless Desmond Ritter happens to be the second coming of Matt Ryan. So I want to look up front because, A, the worry over the middle of the defensive line on the tackles is becoming more and more of a story, and it's getting to some really dire hand-wringing points, especially with Levi Onsarike out for the foreseeable future. I don't know if he was planning, if we have, but I don't think there's any plan for him here, and I don't know what's no. going on with Ellie McNeil. So up the center, huge amounts of concern, but also – for the Kool-Aid side of things, I think fans just want to see what Aiden Hutchinson is going to do when he does, he's not having to get bullied by Panay Sewell in training camp when he's actually up against some other tackles who might uh, who might be a little un, un, uh, unnerved by the amount of violence he plays with. Like, Panay's handled him fairly well, and it's caused, I think, some fans to panic but until you realize that's Panay Sewell. And Panay Sewell spent his rookie year fending off, like, Aaron Donald. Like Panay Sewell came into league and started immediately fending off some of the worst monsters in this world. I don't think a rookie Aiden Hutchinson is going to get too many over on him, but I feel like Hutch has a chance to really learn out there. Um, And yeah, besides that too, we're going to have Austin Bryant, who's been fantastic in camp and Charles Harris. And uh, I think Romeo, no Romeo Quara, no Josh Pascal, but you know, I think, James Houston, like a guy James, that we James were Houston, like we've been talking about excited about since they drafted. Right. It's kind of, I think he's been pretty inconsistent in camp, but like has shown flashes 
Right. He's, I mean, that, this, this might be an interesting. About. This might be an interesting thing with the with the lack of of Pascal and Okwara if they use him more where he's been comfortable on the edge rather sure. than as an off ball linebacker. I don't know if they they want to use him as an off ball linebacker, but I don't think he's. I don't know. Maybe at this point you look at the roster and say, all right. Let's see they've, what Houston can do as a pass rusher. They've basically scaled back to zero off ball reps in practice at this point. So I, I don't know if that's ever coming back. If I'm being completely honest, I think, mm-hmm. I think he's a pure edge and, and because of all those injuries that you mentioned, there's a good chance that, that we see James Houston for two quarters. Like he's going to get a lot of play. And I think yeah, that's and- exciting because any rookie that, that, that dominated his level of competition, like he did in one year uh, at Jackson state, like that's, that's exciting. And I know we've we've been doing our uh, our our bubble watch things, and like I noticed more and more, a lot of people moved are moving off James Houston. They have him outside the bubble, so this might be a chance, as you say, play, taking chance. advantage of those injuries to play more on an edge pass rush role to show what he can do there. That might get him some better consideration to be on this final roster, which no he's a he's a he's a late day three pick. His his position. On this roster, no matter how much hype came out from him from Jackson State, is not guaranteed, and he has to prove it out there that he belongs on fifty-three. Agreed. All right, Ryan, where where are we going next? Um. Well, just real quick on the defensive line. Sure. The the thing that I'm most, I guess, nervous about is Levi Onzerike. Mm-hmm. Right. Like more we, we, we you talked about it a lot on our last podcast but like the more reps you miss the further you're falling behind and missing reps at this point in the season not good not good right because i think dan campbell talked about it in in, in hard knocks right like he's talking about like that ramp up period like we don't want to be ready to go by week eight and all of a sudden now we're now we're calloused and now we're hardened and now we're ready to keep playing like you know, Levi's got to, he's just got to be on the field and he's, he's got to, he's, he's got to be getting those reps and it's not going to happen this week. I know. I know. So I, the, the, the one defensive player that I'm thinking, Hey, might step, make some plays because he has made some plays in camp is Demetrius Taylor. Right. Sure. So, I mean, like that's a guy who an opportunity gets open for with, with Levi not being out there. And uh, yeah, it, I, the defensive line is, is going to be an interesting mix and collection of players like come roster cutdowns. It's going to, it's going to be very intriguing to see how that, that all falls into place. I know you want to talk about the secondary, so I'm going to talk about the linebackers, right? <laughs> sure. Uh, I mean, how much Malcolm Rodriguez is Dan Campbell going to give everybody, right? How much Derek Barnes are we going to get? Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think the guy who you'll see on the field, the least is probably Alex Anzalone, right? Like right. He, he's a veteran, they know already like injury concerns and things like that. Like he's not going to play a whole lot. I can see Derek Barnes playing a lot. I can see Malcolm Rodriguez playing a lot. I can see Jared Davis playing a lot. Like I can see a lot of these guys that are in the mix at linebacker, Sean Dion Hamilton, Anthony Pittman, like there's going to be a lot of reps and there's going to be a lot of opportunities for guys to get out there and play. I'm thinking like between Anzalone and maybe even Chris board. I think Chris board might even, they might pull him back a little bit because right. they know like he, he's a dude that they're going to not only count on, but a dude that they're going to need. So uh, yeah, but the, a lot of, a lot of those guys, I think like there's a lot of playing time to be had. Right. The, the really the only reason you would give those two veterans playing time is, is what you just said is like, it's, a, this is all part of a ramp up period. So they're, mm-hmm, they're going yeah. to need the, those collisions. They're going to need those reps in game reps, but I, I'm with you. I'd, I'd be surprised if we see Enzo only for more than a series. Like it just doesn't seem like a smart use 
of, of the reps when there are there's so many question marks at the linebacker position. And I would like I don't even know who to point to who I'm excited to see because I think I mean Malcolm Rodriguez is the easy answer, right? Because yeah. no one no one is gonna want the reps more than Malcolm Rodriguez, right? The fact that he like his answer on training camp still makes me laugh, where it's like training camp is awesome because we get to hit people. It's like, okay, rookie, we'll we'll see how you feel in four weeks now. But yeah. but he he is genuinely excited to be out there and 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 man, I don't know. I I I guess I'm excited to see him almost as much. I do want to go to the secondary, but I want to go there by way of going back to the defensive line and the linebackers a little bit by looking at players from the other side. I know I was just kind of taking the bat to Mariota and Ritter, but um, hey, how much do you guys think we're going to see of Cordell Patterson out there? Uh, first off, <laughs> I don't know. I, no, just, I don't know what the Pelicans are doing guess. at all. Just, just I don't know if he's injured. Guess, I, don't, but... I don't know anything. I, it, it sounded to would... me like there was a mutual agreement between coaches that they're probably going to play their starters around the same amount of time. So if we think the line starters are going to get a quarter, then I, I guess the Falcons start. I just like to see. I just like to see if the tackles try to deal with Cordero Patterson. I think that'd be a good test to start. I'm just saying that. But, sure. Um, sorry, Ryan, you were going to you were going to weigh in there. No, I, I probably Cordero Patterson is a. I mean, if a if a veteran running back is in there for any. Any amount of time that is suspicious, it becomes Josh Jacobs in the Hall of Fame game. Like, so I don't <laughs> yeah. think that I don't think you're going to see a lot of Cordero Patterson, right? Um, to be honest. So well, I mean, yeah. They, so I, they have I, they have one of my favorite guys from the draft was uh, Tyler uh, Algier from BYU. Um, oh, I thought you were going somewhere very different with your favorite guy from the draft. No, I mean, honestly, how how much do you really want Kyle Pitts to play? Well, that's, um, that's the question. Cause a lot of their receiver, a lot of the receiver core is like, I mean, you got some older guys like, like Allison out there, but you know, Kyle Pitts has played a year. Drake London is their new wide receiver. There are some decent, interesting like weapons that the lions secondary and cornerbacks are going to be asked to guard against early in this game, especially for someone like London, maybe not as much our old friend, Kadero Hodge, who's on the uh, Falcons roster. Dude, there's but, a couple of guys. Geronimo Allison. Geronimo <laughs> Allison, Auden Tate is down. So is down, down bad, a little huh? bit. Yeah. I'm look, I'm just throwing some stuff out there that's not Pitts in London, which are that's those are two that you're going to be spending the first few series uh working pretty hard to guard those guys. Yeah, and I mean all eyes are on the lines outside corners, right? And and really yeah, the Pitts, nickel Pitts too. Like, be, I was gonna say Pitts would be a great test for whoever's gonna play nickel and slot. Yeah. And and for all intents and purposes, it certainly seems like it's going to be AJ Parker to start. But, um, I, I man, that that nickel. Let, let's start there. Let's start the nickel battle because I'm not so sure that Mike Hughes is out on on the nickel battle because it really seems like they're moving him more and more to the outside cornerback position. So then it becomes AJ Parker versus uh versus Chase Lucas. And listen, maybe maybe I'm reading too much into that too early. Maybe they're just trying to to spread it around, or maybe they need a little bit help on the outside because of injuries and things like that. But I don't know. Like AJ Parker seems like he's got a, a firm grip on it right now, but he hasn't played like amazingly so far. And so I don't know. It, it's I, having, having such a hard test in, in uh, Kyle Pitts is a good way to start and a good way to start assessing whether AJ Parker should be considered such a, a lock as the starter. Yeah, I think they, well they have a couple of those guys, right? Like Chris mentioned Drake London, like sure. I think I think between those two guys what you have are two big body receivers, right? Yeah. And I don't know, again, stuff is super vanilla in the preseason, but like how do the Lions tackle that? Like 
do we do we see some Fatu Malafanu come in uh, and and you know man up against Kyle Pitts? Do we, you know, again, I I, I think the most intriguing thing that's going to happen on Friday is Will Harris versus Jeff Okuda. Like, yeah, what it what? I mean, just get your popcorn ready and just see like who because I truly think that it's going to sway a lot of opinion, right? And and oh, like one way or another, over, the overreaction yeah. is going to be huge. Yeah, it's going to be massive, and <laughs> and I think that to to compound that, you have a position like cornerback where I think a lot of people can unfairly scrutinize that position just because it is probably the hardest position in football to play. Right. It's, it's uh, a position based on failure, especially with the modern rules favoring, you know, off offense so much, like you are going to fail as a cornerback more and, than and, you will succeed. And even more like you don't get to see half of the successes, which are you're locking right. your guy down. So they don't even throw it your way. You, right. you can't see that on the TV feed. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that's where it is. That's yeah. where it is. It's Will Harris versus Jeff Okuda, round one fight. <laughs> uh, last position, let's talk a little bit about the safeties. Um, I'm not sure if there's that much intrigue at the starters. Obviously, Deshaun Elliott is, is still kind of a guy that that you want to see um, make it yeah. through this game healthy and, and see what he brings to, to complement Tracy Walker. But I think maybe the more more of the intrigue is in the depth there. Obviously, uh, we're, we're talking uh, a lot a lot of guys kind of in the mix here. Juju Hughes, um, why can't I think of the rookie's name right now? Brady Kirby Joseph. Kirby We're jo- get a lot Kirby of Kirby Joseph. Joseph. That's right. Yeah. Um, and and you know, CJ Moore, can he kind of reassume a, a position there? Is he more of a special teams guy? It, are, are you guys just kind of let's see Kirby Joseph or or are, are there some other guys in that group that you're just like, I've heard I've some been, good things. I want to see, I want to see if they're real. I've been intrigued by Juju Hughes. I cannot sure. put my finger on it. I cannot point to a specific source of why I am intrigued by it. He's it, been kind of okay in in camp. Yeah, I've, I think I've I think I've been the one guy who keeps him on the bubble in our bubble watch every week. So I'm I'm curious to see. I, I want to see that this might be the game that sways me on that. Not that yeah. my bubble watch has any kind of relevance to whether or not he makes the team. But just, you know, as a fan sitting here, like because I think this is this is the position with the least amount of drama. Right. We know it's going to be Walker and L. Yes. Yeah. But even in even in depth, like I don't really care as much about the depth because those starters are so well locked down. And that's why I think if any player I'm intrigued to see at the safety position, is probably a Fatu Melfano, right? You're not, you're not going to see him. I know. Right. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, like he's injured. He's hasn't practice all week, unfortunately. Right. He's the only guy who's like a chess piece. I think in that safety room, right? Like everybody else kind of fits like a traditional role. Like I'm so intrigued to see like what the position change entails for him. But other than that, like, like you said, the starters are set. The depth is kind of, for the most part, right? Like, it's Kirby Joseph, who's a developmental player. And then the rest of the guys are like, how well can you play special teams? Do you know what I mean? Like, yep. so, I don't know. That That's kind of where I'm at with the safety position. And still, it's Will Harris versus Jeff Okuda. Speaking of special teams, there is also a kicker battle. The end. Okay. No, no, uh, no, 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 that, no. Don't you oh, dare. Don't you, you won't dare. let me wrap it up? All right. What don't do you, you want to say? What do you want to say? Don't you I, I dare. hope the kickers make kicks. Yes, I hope the kickers make kicks. I think Riley <laughs> Patterson, I, I, it's fascinating. I so from last I saw, I feel like Riley Patterson has the inside track, but no, no, is it the other way around? It okay. is the other way around because yes. Dan Campbell. Well, here's the thing. Dan Campbell said on Monday that Austin Seibert's been a little bit better. He was coming. He was 
just coming off the the Ford Field practice where he kicked a sixty three yarder, and then later that day, don't use that don't use that length again on me. Sixty three still gives me PTSD. Not sixty six. Does not have the leg. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, later that day, Austin Cyber missed a fifty four and a forty eight yarder. So like it, it evened out almost immediately after he said that, and then Cyber kind of bounced back this way. It's very even, which is why right. I don't I don't know what like here here's the thing. There's no competition on who has a stronger leg. It's Austin Cyber, and it's not particularly close. He just has but to be accurate. There, there's, he has to be accurate, and and kickoffs are are also kind of part of the equation, which is an interesting thing that then Dan Campbell talked about. And I would imagine Cybert has the advantage there too, because if, in my world, you're just kicking kick or, or touchbacks every time because why risk a return? But I don't think that's how the lines feel. So I don't know. That's not how most teams feel. I know. I know. We we as fans would like to just see touchbacks, but I, I think I there's <laughs> only me because I I'm pl- I'm playing money ball here. Everyone else loves kick returns. I don't love kick returns. Just give them the ball to twenty five. Ooh, that, you, you pinned him at the twenty. Great, five yards. That that's why I think though that in the preseason, right, they might incentivize and be like, hey, we want you to kick the ball to the ten yard line because we oh, want right. to see like sure. we want to see how our guys do yes. on you know kickoff coverage and, and things yep. like that. So good point. Um, which which will then give us some good insight into the Lions special team for like kick kick covering oh yeah. a kickoff, which is all that. I I I know Jeremy doesn't care about it, but I would like to make sure that those kind of roles are are satisfied because I there's nothing worse than getting completely burned by by a kick returner and giving them insanely good field position. Which is why you just touchbacks. <laughs> all right. Let's close it up there. Uh we are going to be live uh, Sunday night recapping the preseason game here on our Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. Otherwise, you can listen to the show the following morning on Monday as we recap everything that happens during the Lions opening preseason game again Friday night. Uh, but until then, uh, for Chris, for Ryan, I'm Jeremy. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you soon. It's chaos. Be kind. to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.